The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to Hoop Balls DFS Today. I'm your host, Michael Patria, joined by my good buddy, Brian Eckersley. Uh, we're here breaking down this wonderful December 28th slate. It's a fabulous Monday where I am. Uh, technically, Sunday, we're, it's going to get all jumbled up if I try to even go through this in the, in, the, <laughs> in the time zones right now with me and Brenton. Nonetheless, he's a little bit ahead of me. We're recording this the night before. Uh, it's uh, it's after the holidays, Ben. We haven't done a show in a little while. Uh, you know, how was your holiday? How you doing, man? How's everything going? They're going well over here, Mike. Uh, you know, Christmas, usual stuff, family stuff. Uh, my my Christmas day is kind of fairly relaxed, as, as small family do. But, uh, yeah, got to... Uh, we don't have uh, basketball over here on Christmas Day because we're we're a day ahead. So we got those Thursday games here off. Uh, but once Christmas was done, had a nice Boxing Day with some some games to watch and some DFS to play. So yeah, it's been good. How about you? you you're still working, man. What's going on? Yeah, the, the, it doesn't stop over here. You were, we were talking before we got in the air. You get the you get the whole time off up until a little after New Year. It's you know it's yeah. like you're on a school one of those school breaks, like uh you know Christmas <laughs> break or with school, man. I don't I don't get that over here. I go back to work tomorrow. Uh, really not looking forward to it. Uh, my boss is listening. It's it's not because of the job. It's still it's still that uh, you know that little time off, a time off mojo, uh, you know dealing with that. So I got to get back into the swing of things. You know I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure after I stop sweating some lineups tonight, I think that's where all my focus has been. I could kind of shift gears back into the regular day to day job, and uh, you know and that obviously comes with the uh, studying and doing my DFS research along the way. So I, I'm I'm lucky enough to have a job where I can afford doing both. So. Cool. Uh, but let's uh, we got some we got some good stuff to get into right here, man. Uh, we got a nice little five game slate, which is fantastic considering I feel like we've just been overdosing on basketball um, in a good way. It's not necessarily bad, but sometimes you know these thirteen, these ten, these nine, these these larger slates, uh, you know, you get lost in them. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of guys you have to <clears throat> worry about hitting on. Uh, necessarily constructing that optimal lineup gets a little bit harder. Got to try to you know flirt with a little bit more entries. Uh, but before we jump into anything, quick little shout out to our presenting sponsors, MyBookie.ag. Uh, if you guys haven't jumped on MyBookie.ag, I don't know what you guys are doing. Uh, but seriously, uh, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who teams, uh, what teams are in there, and we know what they're capable of. Uh, it's not difficult to predict some of these lines, and you know whether you're the first-time customer, you've been playing my bookie for years. There's no shortage of value to be found in thousands of game lines, prop bets, and contests that you, they offer every single week. So sign up, get reloaded, find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. And I'm a huge fan of prop bets. Uh, that's like my favorite thing to do, Brenton. Uh, you know, I, I always figure, especially in basketball. Uh, being able to pinpoint guys, whether he's going to hit a over under over of a rebound or an assist total or points total, uh, those are very predictable things to certain matchups and you know give and take with uh, you know uh, rotations and coach speak and everything else that we have available that we're just using at DFS anyway. So if you're playing DFS, take advantage of this. Head over there, guys, to mybookie.ag. Use that promo code Hoopball H O O P B A L L, and you'll get a fifty percent deposit match up to a thousand bucks. So if you uh, if you deposit, let's say five hundred dollars. They would give you a free $250 to play with. That's free money using the promo code HOOPBALL. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L over at mybookie.ag, guys. So check them out. Uh, and then I also want to talk about a little bit of Manscaped. 
Um, you know, we've been giving these guys plenty of plenty of ad read, plenty of airtime. It's not just because they are one of our uh, favorite sponsors. It's just because their products are absolutely fantastic. Uh, they have a plethora. What started as just a regular old shaving uh, shaver company, uh, they they've kind of branched out into everything as far as you know deodorants to uh, you know travel bags to I you know I they, I got a nice pair of uh, you know underwear from them. Uh, they got the body wash. They got the nose hair trimmer. Every single product that they have is absolutely fantastic. They're portable. They're easy. They're ergonomic. Chargers come with everything. Uh, they last a while, and they're just fantastic products. So. I've like I've been talking about my ear and nose hair trimmer. Uh, you know, I, I don't use it every single day. Uh, I've used it about twice so far. Things absolutely fina- fantastic. Uh, and once you get a product like that, I always talk about stuff like this. It really is a luxury. Uh, you don't know what you're doing and, uh, and what you've been doing until it's done. So head over, guys, to, to Manscaped. Use that promo code HOOPBALL20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping on your entire order over at Manscaped. So uh, you can try one thing out or, you know, just do what I did. Get that whole perfect package kit and you get a little bit of everything. So... Uh, let's jump into things now, Brett, and we have five games to jump right into. First game on the night is the Detroit Pistons going against the Atlanta Hawks. We have some injury news to talk about in this one. Uh, Blake Griffin and Derek Rose for Detroit are both sitting out right now. Uh, they're going to rest on this one. Uh, you know, Not hard to imagine after that uh, that Detroit game uh, against the Cavs with the double OT. Uh, and then uh, little Okafor, he didn't practice on Sunday, so he's someone worth monitoring. Uh, I'd probably put him on more of the doubtful side, but uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. And same thing with Seku. He's going to be listed as probable, though. He did practice uh, as well today. So uh, that's what we have to be concerned with over there in Detroit. And then for Atlanta, Clint Capella is being listed as probable after he missed the last two games dealing with that Achilles soreness, uh, while Danilo Gallinari... Uh, is being listed as questionable, dealing with the foot soreness. Chris Dunn has been ruled out for quite some time. Uh, they didn't give a direct timetable. He had that ankle surgery. Tony Snell uh, and Double uh, O are both ruled out. Uh, as far as spreads are concerned, this game's coming in as, as at a 226.5 game total, with Atlanta being favored by eight points. So that is uh, that's the the you know the lineup, the hardware, everything we need to know about the game, Brent. But I'll pass it over to you. Uh, this Detroit side of the ball, no Derrick Rose, no Blake Griffin. Uh, you know, the new addition of Jeremy Grant it looks at a fair price, but, you know, take those two guys out and everybody on this team's at a fair price. Who do you think steps up uh, in what's pretty much a tasteful matchup as well? Going against Atlanta, high-paced team that we know just bleeds points all over the court. So um, I imagine you have some love on this on this Detroit team. Oh, yeah, I definitely do. Um, yeah, and, and once again, the Hawks start the season at the bottom of the table in defensive ratings and giving up fantasy points to opposition players. So it's a good game to target a few de- Detroit players. Um, it's really bad luck that Derek Rose and uh, Blake Griffin are both listed out because, honestly, before that was uh, news, they were my two big targets. But we'll have to move elsewhere, obviously. Uh, and we know that the Pistons aren't much better themselves defensively. So there's a chance for a bit of a game stack here with that pace up to 26, I think you said, over-under. That That's a good chance to, to, to throw some value at this game. So with Derek Rose out, um, look, the the... the Pistons rookie Killian Hayes, he hasn't really got going yet. In fact, he's probably been a little underwhelming, but at 4,200 with Rose out, he's going to get some decent minutes. He's a decent target here against the the pretty poor backcourt defense of the Atlanta Hawks. Um, it's actually the shooting guard position at the moment where the Hawks have given up a lot of DK points in the first couple of outings. But uh, yeah, I, I still like Killian Hayes on a bit of a flyer here. Don't go building lineups around the young man, but uh, he's definitely worth a look. And, and having said that, the... the um, 
the shooting guard position with Delon Wright is also has also been underwhelming to start the season. I think a lot of people, including myself, were hoping that Delon would would get up and about uh, straight away to start the season in the in the starting position at shooting guard. But he's just not getting it done at the moment. Look, it's probably a flip of a coin between those two, maybe. But uh, I'd probably look at a little bit more Killian Hayes at the ch- uh, slightly cheap, slightly cheaper price in this one. Mike, have you got anyone else in the um, in the uh, uh, Detroit guards? Yeah, as far as the Detroit guards, I'm with you. I think, you know, the main options that we're going to be looking at will be Hayes, will be right. Um, I'm kind of on the other side of the coin with that one. I'd probably lean more right. I just think that mm-hmm. uh, he's a little bit more proven, more of a veteran, more of a guy that can be uh, relied upon. Hayes, you know, there's been a lot of, I wouldn't say negative talk about him coming from the coaching staff, uh, but it's not necessarily the best positive stuff either, that they're noticing the mistakes he's making. They're not frustrated by the mistakes, but they're not just going to tolerate it either. They're not going to leave him out there and let him just blow games for him. So, uh, you know, as turnovers rack up, uh, as you know, he misses defensive assignments, he gets lost in the offense, things like that happen. Uh, a guy like DeLon Wright, who was a veteran, might have to play a little bit more. And let's be real, they really don't have another ball handler. Uh, besides Killian Hayes and DeLon Wright and Derrick Rose, that's it. I mean, they just signed Frank Jackson uh, to a two-way contract. Now he's ready in time and able to play for him. Uh, that's a name to monitor going forward. So, yeah, I, I definitely think these guys should be in fair minutes, but I'm, I'm leaning more right. Now, we'll, uh, we'll move up to the front court a little bit more because I think this is where a lot of interest is going to be. Uh, Grant, 5,900. Blew up in that last one. It's probably going to be pretty chalky. Are you playing him? Yeah, it's a tough one because he's pretty much disappointing before that one to start this season. So it is. It, it, look, all the usage has to go somewhere here with um, Griffin out, with Rose not coming off the bench. Uh, you know, Jeremy Grant's 5,900. That, that's a pretty fair price for a guy who's going to soak up a lot of usage here. He's gonna, he's basically just going to have the team on his shoulders. So I'm going to play him, but it's re- at this point, it's really a forced play. Uh, if Griffin and Rose were in, they were, they were going to be my targets and not Grant. So <laughs> play him because I have to, because you know he's going to get the run and you know he's going to soak up usage and shots. Just hope he uh, plays a little bit more like the last one than the first couple. Yeah, and I think it's it's a good matchup. Um, you know, I, I think that you know the Atlanta can be turnover prone as well. So Grant finds himself racking up some defensive numbers. So yeah, he's gonna be chalky, especially with these other guys out. That game that he's coming off of, um, I, I anticipate it. I understand it, and I will play him. Um, probably gonna be underweight compared to the rest of the field. So if, you know, let's say he's thirty percent owned, I'll be I'll be lower than thirty percent on that. I'll yeah. probably be more like fifteen twenty. Um, I actually really like the pivot to Josh Jackson. 4,200, he's small forward. Uh, if I'm playing Grant, I'd much rather play him at small forward than power forward anyway. So uh, I think uh, you know Jackson makes a fantastic pivot. He's actually a way better point-per-minute producer than Grant. Jackson's just never been given a fair shake because he just always kind of does dumb basketball stuff. Um, you know, he's a great fantasy guy, terrible actual you know coaching guy, and uh, not, not the best guy on the team. Uh, but he can rack up points. He can rack up rebounds. He can get defensive numbers. He's been known to pass. I wouldn't be surprised if he facilitates and handles the ball a little bit. Kind of been operating as a pseudo sixth man at this point. So uh, I expect with those two guys out, he steps up. Maybe not the starting lineup, but he'll definitely absorb a fat chunk of that usage. So uh, I definitely have some interest in Jackson. Grant, solid play. And even Plumlee at 5,700 going against Atlanta. Uh, Capella will be back in that lineup that does you know impact things a little bit. But he's been playing great. Uh, he'll probably see he's not a high usage guy anyway. A little slight tick maybe, but... He's been, you know, bang smack and paying off that value pretty much on a, on a nightly basis. So I don't mind him. I think, like, oh, you know, almost everybody in the starting lineup uh, is in play. I'll be probably looking at at least uh, one, maybe two of these guys from Detroit. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing to keep in mind there is that Jalil Okafor is also questionable in the backup role. So there should be plenty of minutes for Plumlee. Um, 
Valanciunas had 38 DK, 38 DK points against the Hawks in only 28 minutes last last time out. So we know that Capella's back and that changes things. But uh, yeah, I like the value on Plumlee in this one at 5,700. Uh, the only other guy that is worth a little dig at is maybe Seiko. Oh, I knew I'd get that wrong. Seiko Dumbaya. Um, 3,400 is, is a gift for a starter against the Hawks. I know he's not a huge fantasy producer, but he should get plenty of minutes and, and get through 3,400 fairly easily. Absolutely. Good value call on that one, 3,400. There's not a lot of guys that you can get, uh, like you said, that's at a starter's quality. Um, and we've, we've seen big games. You know, they don't come on a nightly basis with them, but uh, that's why he's 3,400 for a reason. That's it. Uh, what about this Atlanta side of the ball? So, we, you know, we talked about it. Uh, can, uh, Danilo Gallinari, questionable. Uh, Capella back. Uh, you targeting any of these guys? Yeah, absolutely. And we start at the top market. Trey Young, 9,500 is too cheap for Trey Young. And it's too cheap for Trey Young against the Pistons, that's for sure. I don't, I don't really see who slows him down. Uh, Killian Hayes, DeLon Wright, decent defenders. But um, yeah, I just don't see Trey going anything under what he's already served us, which is basically 55 and 52 DK points in the first two matchups. He's done that against defensively lacking teams in the Bulls and the Grizzlies, and he could easily go larger against the now depleted Pistons lineup. Um, there's no real reason not to go straight back to Trey here, um, even if uh, at one of the higher prices on the on the um, slate. Um, I'm probably skipping over Bogdanovich, Huerta, 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 uh, and probably Cam Reddish as well. I'm not not too interested in those guys. Um, the Pistons have actually stopped the flow of fantasy points uh, at the two and the three. Um, and so, yeah, I'll skip across them and look at some bigger guys. But who, who do you like on the um, uh, the guards and the wings for the Hawks? I'm with you. I think that we have to firmly look at Trey Young at 9,500. Uh, you know, there's some other guys that we could spend up on, but, you know, the upside's always there with Trey Young, and he gives you a nice stable and steady floor. So, um, I'm absolutely with you. Allows us to run it back to if we're playing some of these Detroit guys. Outside of that, I'm not probably playing John Collins, 76. He's going to be a fine, a fine matchup. Um, you know, actually a great match, but I don't mind him at all. I just think I'll end up going to some other spots with my forward position. And then the only other guy I'm probably looking at might be uh, Bogdanovich. But uh, keep in mind, some of these guys, you know, I, I understand that Dunn just got rolled out. Uh, but some of these guys are actually starting to get healthy. You know, we're not seeing Cam Reddish pop up in the injury report anymore. Uh, looks like Rondo, is, you know, is might be set to play in this one. We're going to have to monitor that one. Uh, so we're starting to get some guys in this rotation that weren't always there. Uh, so I'm, I'm probably going to limit it just to those uh, two and maybe three. Uh, but I don't see myself getting too much Collins. Okay, fair enough. DeAndre Hunter? Uh, fair you price chase, Are you chase, chasing the explosion? No, that's the thing. I, I get it. You know, we had that double-digit rebounding game in the last one, the 11 rebounds. That's fantastic and all. But a lot of these other games that we've been seeing have just been empty stat line kind of games where it's been very scoring dependent. So I'm not going to buy necessarily into that 11 rebound game. I can say it can't happen again. Uh, but I'll put my, you know, my my uh, my money in a different basket. One of these other games. We have four other ones left. So uh, I'm probably ready to move on unless you have something else in Atlanta you want to talk about. Uh, look. I don't mind the play of Hunter here. Uh, he is coming off a big game, and sometimes you can ride that wave. It's not something I usually do, but I will just note here that the Pistons are giving up a stack of fantasy points at power four position in the first couple of games. So if Hunter can even get to 80% of that production again um, at 4,800, he could get to value and blow through it. It's it's worth a look. Don't go crazy on DeAndre Hunter chasing um, a big score, but he he's definitely worth having a look in some of your lineups. Um 
I am actually in on Collins. I, I like Collins in this one. He, he's kind of just returned us 32 and 26 DK points, which isn't great, um, but I think he's got a chance to put his foot down here uh, against a really porous Detroit front court defense. So little little uh, move away from what you're saying there, Mike, but I, yeah, I don't mind playing some John Collins in this one. I don't mind it one bit either. I think if we agreed on everything, this would be a, a rather boring show. So, um, you know, I, I agree. I like, the, I like bringing it. And hey, listen, uh, you know, if I'm wrong on it, uh, I wouldn't be surprised either. You know, you always bring some good stuff to the table, man. And I always get my little pen and paper ready when you when you you're usually good for one guy a show that like I had nowhere on my radar that now it is on my radar for good reasoning. So I got the pen and paper ready. Uh, maybe man. Hunter's that guy. Yeah, Hunter could be that guy. Collins could be that guy. It, it, Collins is just way too athletic for for Plumlee. I know. I know we're likely to see um, Capella out there, but he could be limited. And if Collins plays five minutes, then he's just going to walk around Mason Plumlee. And if Okafor is questionable, then who who's going to stop him? That, that's all I'm yeah. saying. No, absolutely, I get it. Uh, makes sense. So uh, cool. let, let's keep it moving to the next one. We have Memphis Grizzlies traveling to Brooklyn, take on the the net. So uh, I do not see a game total or a spread yet for this game, Breton. Uh, I'll go through the injuries. I don't know if you have one. If you want to, if you want to take a look around, I don't nah, know if you have, could have nah, Yep, and that's because we're waiting on a few things. Obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr. is still out, but uh, looks like DeAnthony Melton uh, will be ruled out due to uh, COVID nineteen kind of relations, whether it was close contact or not. Uh, and then just it's really just the young guys. Uh, Justice Winslow will continue to be out as well. Everybody else major and in the rotation is in. Uh, and then for the Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, suffered a night uh, right knee sprain in this one. He you know didn't return to the game uh, tonight, and it looks like he's definitely going to be out for that game tomorrow. Uh, Jeff Green went to the locker room in the fourth quarter of the game with a facial injury, so that's uh, yet to be seen. There's a chance that he's not able to suit up as well. Uh, and then we're also hearing kind of rumblings that Kevin Durant might sit this one out, and if that's the case, that's probably why we do not have a line. So Vegas is smart enough to wait before they start to open up their books uh, to wait on Kevin Durant. So we'll start off with this Memphis Grizzlies team. Uh, you know, John Morant, 8,300, that feels like it's a little underpriced, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, while the Nets are um, a better uh, defensive unit than they have been for some time, with the addition of Durant and Kyrie out there healthy, um, there's still a couple of spots that you can attack here, um, and point guard is one of them. So John Morant, 8,300, as you said, uh, he is underpriced uh, on it for any given night and when the nets are actually leaking fantasy points at the point guard position i love this play here um he is averaging 55 dk points in the early going 55 so 8300 we can do the math there pretty easily at 5x and work out that is way underpriced um you know even with the nets being a, a tougher matchup um jar still has the ability to burn through that pretty comfortably he um fills up the stat sheet he scores a lot he yeah i think he's and the other thing to keep an eye on here is the number of big names at point guard in this slate there is a lot of them and jamarant may easily go under own so he is a fairly high target for me on this one uh, yeah, no, so I, I completely am right there with you. I think John Morant's probably one of my favorite point guard options on this slate. It'll bar some of the news that we're still waiting to hear on. Um, you know, if, if KD sits, Kyrie immediately gets in there. We talked about Trey Young, but uh, as far as point per dollar, he's definitely up there as one of the best ones. And then uh, there's definitely some other guys that we have to talk about. We've, we've mentioned centers going against Brooklyn for quite some time. Jonas Valanciunas steps in in a pretty good spot. You know, fair salary, generally where he is, 7,700. Uh, and then we got Kyle Anderson. Another guy that uh, kind of stepped up in that last one, played a fantastic game, 5,100, really kind of coming into his own this season. Uh, real big bounce back. Now put up two back-to-back double-digit rebounding games. So uh, those are the other two guys I kind of have a little of attention for. Um, outside of that, you know, I don't really see myself playing Grayson Allen. Uh, you know, I get it. He's a great value at 3,800. He's been playing steady minutes and 
doing okay. I get it. It's there. Um, I just don't think anything outside of, you know, uh, GPP dart throw for me with him. Uh, yeah. Any of these guys kind of stand out? No, it, it was the same for me looking down this um, Memphis roster as I'm not messing with anyone but big names here against this Nets defense. And you hit it, Jonas Valanciunas is the other guy that I've got here. It's Jar and it's Jonas. 7,700, he's dropped 38 and 39 DK points in the in the first couple of games. That was against the Spurs and the Hawks, which is a slightly different thing, especially the Hawks. But honestly, as long as Brooklyn continue to run DeAndre Jordan out there as the starting center, they are vulnerable for fantasy points in the center spot. So... Uh, uh, you know, JV's not a massive upside type of play, but uh, he has certainly got a pretty good floor. And going against Jordan uh, for most of the time, there, there's um, a, a solid chance that he, he puts up decent points. Um, and again, same same thing, same kind of thinking here as with Jar Morant is there's a lot of big names at centre in this slate. You can drop down here and look at Valanciunas and, and expect him to be fairly under-owned. Other than that, Mike, I'm not really looking at anyone here. All right. Yeah, no, I, I actually want to go against you and say, I think Valachunas has a uh, absolute upside. Um, his ceiling's okay. out of the, yeah, no, he's a, he's one of, in my opinion, one of the better point per minute producers in, in DFS and in fantasy. It's just, they always limit him. He plays like 27, 28. If they were given, they got 35 minutes. We'd be looking at 50 a night. Yeah, but will they? That's the, that's the question. Yeah, here. they never will. That's a, that's, that's the issue. That's why, you know, they drafted Brandon Clark after they already had Jaron Jackson and they, you know, they always want to have that, a, a fresh big man. And I get it. Uh, it makes sense, especially with the speed of the NBA's game. This, uh, this day and age, but let's uh, let's go over to the Brooklyn side of things now. Like I said, I, you know, let's get the elephant out of the room. Kyrie, Kevin Durant sits. Kyrie Irving is a phenomenal <laughs> play. Uh, you don't need anybody to tell you that. 9K, he's underpriced. Great. Uh, you pretty much almost lock him in. I, I completely yep. get it. If you want to fade him due to the ownership, that makes total sense. Just make sure you're doing it in the right contest. Uh, you know, not necessarily a heads up or a 50-50. Do you need to do that? Uh, look at your GPPs to do that. But let's talk about the other guys outside of Kyrie Irving. That's just the easy one. Kevin Durant sits. Uh, I have a, I have a lot of interest in a couple of these guys. We you talked about one guy before we got on the air, and you mentioned him, Karis LeVert. Um, we also missed Spencer Dinwiddie. So no Dinwiddie, no Durant. If that happens to be the case, I think LeVert vaults into uh, play at 6,600. A ton of usage to go his way, more ball-handling responsibilities, um, and it immediately becomes a guy on my radar. So I, you know, that's the other guy that I'm pretty much looking at. I'm not touching the front court really with Allen and uh, DeAndre Jordan. And then, uh, you know, maybe keep an eye on, you know, kind of who uh, – who gets some extra ball handling responsibilities with Dinwiddie out might be uh, Bruce Brown, might be Tyler Johnson. Uh, but none of those guys really step up and stand out to me. It's really just going to be Irving and Levert for me. I think you nailed it. And I'm, I'm not sure we have to do too much more on the nets here. I mean, uh, if Levert was coming into the starting lineup and Durant was playing, I would be worried. I would be worried about the usage. He, he just wouldn't really have any between Kyrie and KD. But with Spencer Dinwiddie questionable or out, I can't remember what she said, mate, and, and Kevin Durant probably not playing either. If Levert walks into a starting role at 32, 34, 35 minutes at 6,600, that is uh, going to be one of the value plays on the board. I don't want anything to do with with uh, the um, minute split between DeAndre Jordan and Jarrett Allen, especially facing JV. So, mate, we can move on. Absolutely. And I guess if, if Durant does play, just, uh, you know, for that kind of clarification, probably won't play LeVert. I would still play Irving, though, at 9K. I don't yes. think that's bad. Uh, going against John Morant's defense, he should be able to get his. He kind of gets up for these matchups against other competitive point guards. So, Correct. If if Durant plays, sorry, Mike. If Durant plays, I'm not touching Levert uh, unless he's coming off the bench. Good, good, uh, good call. Yeah, absolutely. We want that bench usage. We don't want him sharing it. We don't like the sharing. Sharon's not always caring. <laughs> That's right. No, 
We'll move on to the next game. Uh, we're at the halfway point right now. We have the Utah Jazz going to go uh, going against the Oklahoma City Thunder. This game does have a game total at two twenty and a half. Uh, Jazz being favored by four at the at the current moment. Uh, as far as injuries are concerned, there is none for the Jazz. Everybody should be good to go, nice and healthy. And then looking at the Thunder, only one that ever pops up on here is uh, that that we need to be concerned with. Ty Jerome not really in the rotation. It is Trevor Ariza, but Lord knows he's not playing. Uh, he does not want to play for this team. He will be traded eventually. And I'm I'm convinced they're going to end up fleecing somebody for like a first round pick using them. Uh, I don't know if Trevor can even dare get that back by at this point, but uh, Presty he's a genius over there. So we'll we'll uh, we'll start with this uh, Utah team. There's definitely some guys that we can monitor. It feels like all of them are priced appropriately, if not maybe a little even a little hair slightly underpriced. So who stands out to you on the Jazz? Honestly, Mike, I, it's just a probably a slow game. It's probably tough defensive units battling against each other here. I don't have too much interest in in um, many of the peripheral guys. You can maybe correct me on that or throw in your two cents, but I'm really only looking to, at Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in this one. Um, I think Boyan Bogdanovich is going to see a stack of Lou Dort defense here, which I don't like. And um, while the Jazz... Um, sorry. While the... Uh, Thunder have been giving up power forward uh, points uh, in fantasy. I, I just can't. You can't trust Royce O'Neal with 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 that. So uh, we'll just move away, and and I'm just just focusing on the the two pronged attack here. I think Mitchell's a great play here tonight. You know, the Thunder have been giving up fantasy points at. Um, Point guard starting George Hill. So, with Mitchell coming off a decent start to the season, with uh, what have we got here? Twenty. 20 points, three and five against the Blazers and 21, two and five versus the Wolves. Um, that's obviously the Portland Trailblazers and the Minnesota Timberwolves defense, but uh, he'll just, just doesn't cut it for me against Donovan Mitchell. It'll be too big, too strong, too fast. Uh, I, I could see um, DK points for Mitchell here, pushing into the high forties for, uh, for sure tonight. What, what do you think? Have you got any interest in him? Is he underpriced for you? I think they're both underpriced. I mean, when you just look at Mitchell in a nutshell, the guy's been pretty much paying off that value, and he's shooting, you know, roughly thirty percent from the field, if not less than that, in both games. So, um, you know, thirty-five, I believe it was. But uh, he's bound to get some, you know, some, you know, a little bit of uh, positive regression, uh, bump that up, maybe forty, forty-five. All of a sudden, we're seeing him put up close to forty, you know, six, forty-seven, like you said. So I'm cool with Mitchell. Uh, I think that's a fair price tag. And then Gobert. He's another guy, I just think, for what he's been doing just in a small sample size of this season alone in limited minutes, he's outproducing that. Uh, it's only been two games so far, but in both those games, he's put up at least 43 DK points. And uh, in both those games, he hasn't even topped it 30 minutes. So you know, give him a normal allotment or even keep giving him what he's getting, and he's still paying off that $7,400 uh, price tag more often than not. So I'm cool with those two guys. That's probably it. I'm with you. So uh, we'll keep it moving to OKC. Uh, Shea Gilders-Alexander, 8K. I'm a big Shea guy, man. It's hard not to love Shea. I think you're right there on board with him. What do you think about him in this matchup? Love it. Uh, 8K is is completely fine for SGA at this point of the season. The, the prices are still catching up to him. Um, he's coming off uh, a first-up line of 27, 4, and 9, which, uh, yeah, made everybody in fantasy world very happy, especially those who picked him up in season-long fantasy. Uh, I do have him in, in a couple of my lineups there. So, uh, yeah, even even in a matchup against um, Mike Connolly, uh, SGA is just worth the, the look at this price. He's got the keys to this team. Uh, uh, you know, you, you could easily play him away as a pivot from some of the star power guard names in this slate. Um, it's going to just come down to usage. It's just, you know, this team is his. Give him the ball. Um, 
he's got a chance to be the most improved player in 2021 and, and 8,000 is still too cheap. So uh, it might be chalky, but eat the chalk, take him, play him. Yeah, in my opinion, I think he's, he should be the favorite for that. Um, he's in just such a good spot for it. Um, outside of Shea, I'm with you. I think he's a fantastic player, AK. Yeah, you just can't go wrong with that kind of usage, even in a matchup like this where you, it's a down pace and all that. Uh, he's still going to dominate that usage. It, it's going to be Basley. He's the other guy. Uh, really kind of uh, lived up to that hype, played big minutes in that first game. Been showing that double-digit rebounding upside and even some of these defensive numbers. Uh, they're kind of looking like they might just be a regular part of his game. Uh, first, you know, some people thought they might have been a little bit of an abnormality, but we're kind of seeing it consistently. Uh, you know, yes, some of those games are preseason and, you know, even dating back to last season, though, we, we were kind of seeing a lot of this. So um, I'm in, I think, Baisley, 5,700. Uh, he's a rock-solid play. Now, I expect him to draw some ownership, uh, young guy, uh, second game, all that. You know, but, you know, this is a guy that we might just see. He should probably be priced above Horford at this point, at this stage in their careers. I don't think Horford should be more expensive than Baisley. So uh, outside of that, you know, you can look at a Dora Till or Lou uh, Jen Stort. Um, I think we'll have better options and better value that we could choose from, if not the ones that we've already talked about, like in that Detroit game. Yeah, I don't mind George Hill at 4,500. He's, he's starting. If he's going to start for the Thunder, and he's worth a look at that salary. He absolutely torched the Hornets um, in the last one. So, look, the, the Jazz aren't the Hornets. Um, but uh, at 4,500, you can definitely look at him, switch him around with a few value plays in your slate or in your lineups. Uh, he's not a, a huge target for me. Uh, I I love Darius Baisley. Um, I've, I think I picked him up in every single one of my fantasy um, drafts this uh, year, and, and I am totally fine with that. Um, however, I'm actually going to just move across from you here and fade him out of this one. I don't like him um, against the Jazz big men. So uh, I think Darius is going to have a big season. I, I think he's going to really step up, and normally that 5700 price tag wouldn't be an issue. Uh, I just don't think he's got the upside in this one going up against uh, the, the Jazz um Big guys, that's all. I can't argue with that. Um, you know, the Jazz is the one defense that pretty much will scare everybody away. Um, with that being said, uh, are they that big? It's, you know, go bear, sits right there in the paint. I think, you know, when you look at what the uh, what the Thunder have to provide on the outside, they can really stretch these guys out a little bit. Uh, with Baisley and Horford, they can really pull uh, go bear out of the perimeter, rabbit out of the paint to the perimeter, uh, kind of switch things up, make them uncomfortable. Uh, this is going to be a wacky game, and it actually wouldn't surprise me if. Uh, if OKC shakes up the Jazz in this one a little bit, I wouldn't even, you know, uh, rule out an upset. So that, you know, with that, for all those reasons, that's the only reason I think if it's a if it's a normal matchup, and let's say they uh, were trotting out, you know, Derek Favors in his prime, like they used to next to Gobert or, or a Millsap or uh, somebody that actually had some defensive ability, uh, Joe Ingles necessarily, doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, scare me away. Royce O'Neal, uh, he's solid. Um, but I'm not worried about him necessarily boxing out Baisley and keeping Baisley from getting his double-digit rebounds. The only guy that would be worried about that is Gobert, and he's going to be chasing Al Horford out to the three-point line. So, yeah, that was a mouthful. But, um, yeah, yeah man, I, it's, I, it's, I understand it. You made good points, man. You know, you got two three three point shooting big men there in, in Baisley and Horford, and they are gonna drag Gobert away from the from the rim. So uh, I may just be changing my tune. I wasn't completely not gonna play Baisley. I just didn't want too much to do with him. Uh, but I think you make a valid point there in that three point um uncomfortability for, for Gobert. So I'm gonna put him back on my radar. Nice one. Yeah, and I think just let it let it come down to wherever you think the ownership's going to fall. If you think it's going to be extremely high, then yeah, he he does he does merit and warrant the fade absolutely. If you think it's going to be modest or low ownership, I think he's a rock solid play at that price tag. But I don't want to just talk about Darius, uh, you know, Basley all night. We we could do that. It's fun. Uh, don't get me wrong. 
But these last two games are a little bit more fun and a little bit more interesting. So we'll jump right into them. Uh, we have the Houston Rockets going against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, this game, uh, believe it or not, it is coming in with a game total, 221 and a half. Um, and we have Denver being favored by eight in this one. So obviously, with everything going on in Houston, we have to talk about a few things. John Wall, Eric Gordon, DeMarcus Cousins, Ben McElmore, uh, all still away from the team quarantining. Uh, Kevin Martin Jr. is ruled out. So we'll be seeing a, a little bit of a hodgepodge starting lineup for the Rockets. And then on the Denver side of things, it uh, looks like Jermichael Green still out. And uh, that is about it for people we need to be concerned with. Rockets, man. James Harden, 11-2. I think we all know he's definitely worth that price tag, but is he worth it on the slate? Yeah, it's interesting because there are some other big names at the point guard or shooting guard position, and and they're a lot cheaper. So, look, I got burnt uh, yesterday when Harden played and put up 79 DK points. I didn't know what to expect from James Harden, and he torched me. So whether that you know makes me uh, go in harder on him this time and he doesn't play as well and I get torched again, uh, that's DFS. But look, in a lineup where the only real offensive options are going to be him, Christian Wood, and Daniel House Jr., um, with maybe some shots put up by PJ Tucker and a couple of other younger guys, I, I just can't see myself not playing Harden this time. I've seen what happens when there's no one around him. I should have known what happens when there's no one around him, but I didn't play him. So, uh, look, he, he's not going to play the 43 minutes we saw in the overtime game against Portland, but I don't know. There's not much else you can say about the beard. Um, yes, there are some other guys at cheaper tags, but those guys' ceiling is 50. Harden ceiling is 80. It's it's hard to argue with. Yeah, I think when it comes down to it, it really just depends on your construction and your exact build. Like if you're if you're comparing him to I guess anybody that's over 10k, Davis uh, or LeBron, if if you know if Davis plays, um, which I anticipate he does, uh, I I prefer Harden over those guys. You know, once you start to get into the guys in the range of you know maybe Trey Young even, uh, you know, it sounds like uh, 500 dollars is not much. Uh, yeah, now you're talking the difference between, uh, you know, almost, what is that, $1,700 between Harden and Trey Young. That allows you to spend up elsewhere. Uh, once you get down into that Trey Young range, uh, your, your your build and your construction is going to look slightly different. So I, it really comes down to the way you feel like you're doing it. And if you want to go a little bit more stars and scrubs or whatever it may be, and you want Harden in there and you want to spend up on a guy, that's the guy I'm doing it with. Uh, bottom line. And then you touched on him. Uh, Christian Wood, he's a fantastic play. 7,200. He's going to continue just to play a boatload of minutes. Um, he played 44 in that one as well. We're not going to anticipate that, but you know this guy's going to have to play at least 36, 37 minutes. Uh, he's going to be second on the team in usage right next to Harden. All the rebounds available. Didn't even do much in the defensive department, which he usually could. So, you know, sign me up. Not necessarily scared away from Jokic's defense either. So I don't mind me some Christian Wood. Um, but let's talk about some of these ancillary guys I think that we could, you know, mention. You know, you talked about House. I think another guy that we can mention is uh, a guy like Daniel Nawabo, who drew the start, 3,700, small forward, shooting guard eligible, played 26 minutes in the last one. Is he a value play on your radar? He's actually not, and it's only that I'm not sure who to play between David Nwaba and Sterling Brown. I mean, uh, Nwaba got the start, but they both played uh, basically a minute split from memory. So I'm not too keen on either either of those guys, even at the uh, very cheap prices that they're at. And that's just because I know know if I pick one, the other one's going to go off. So I'm just staying away from that guessing game, uh, to to be honest. And yeah, uh, for me, it's, it's... it's Harden, it's Christian Wood, who's way too cheap at 7,200, as you said. Um, what about the ex-Sydney Kings player who came in off the bench, uh, Jay Sean Tate, and put up, what, 23 DK points? Any interest in him? So, yeah, Tate is a guy that they actually were messing around with running a power forward early on in the preseason. So he played a boatload of minutes in that one. He's not going to be a high-usage guy. I don't think he's going to provide a lot ancillary. 
Um, shot five and nine in the field. It's a little bit of a little bit of a you know tougher. I want to say a tougher matchup. The pace might be a little tougher. I'm not going to play him. Um, nope. I wouldn't knock if you wanted to. Uh, I would actually probably rather play Nawaba. Uh, as weird as that sounds. Um, I'm not high on Nawaba. I'm not really high on either one of these guys. I just think that when it comes to eligibility-wise, position eligibility-wise, being able to slot Nawaba at small forward or one of those uglier positions like shooting guard to small forward, um, might make my life a little bit easier. So, Cool. Yeah, That's no, a, look, I, I'm probably moving away from these guys, to be honest. I don't. Uh, there, there should be a whole lot of value on this Rockets team, but I'm not not feeling it, so I'm just not going to play him um, at this point. Uh, outside of maybe Daniel House Jr., I, I'm really only looking at Harden and Wood. All right, and then let's let's slide over to the other side of the ball. Look at these guys on the Denver side of things. Uh, you know, Jamal Murray finally seeing that price tag come down. He's, he was at 8,500 to start. Now he's 7,100. Uh, we could we could stomach that, uh, but can you stomach that on this slate? We can stomach that. Um, uh, seventy one hundred, as you said, like that. That's finally down where it probably should be, given his his offensive output at the moment. But finally found some touch in that last one in in that second half versus the Clippers. He he made some buckets. He looked better. Um, and the Rockets are not the Clippers, so uh, I don't mind looking at Murray at seventy one hundred while while the Rockets are so depleted. Um, he he could really do anything here. He could light him up and find himself fairly low owned as well. Um, because his output hasn't been that great. He's only put out 18 DK points and 36 DK points to start the season and that 36 DK points had to come off the back of some pretty good shooting in the last one against the clip so low ownership look there there are probably better point guard plays on the docket but it's still worth looking at Murray um if he can continue that shooting touch uh for the last um the last half against the Clippers we've got big names on the on the board in Harden we got Kyrie we got we got Trey even even Gildress Alexander uh, Alexander, to some point, is going to draw more attention than Murray here, so he could get really overlooked. And at seventy one hundred, it's a nice place to start building around. Absolutely, um, I, I'm with you. I, he's not a primary target of mine. I just think that's a little too cheap for him. This is yeah. a good matchup for him as well. Uh, I, you know, it's just one of these types of. It seems like everything's you know perfect storm for Jamal Murray, and you know, no real data or anything to back my my reasoning behind it. it. Just feels like it's that kind of right price tag, right matchup. Uh, everything else. With that being said, Jokic as well, 9,800. Always top dog on this team. He's also in a fantastic spot. I have a lot of interest in both these guys. Um, and then the only other guy I really looked at uh, and, and been looking at, uh, keep my eye on Will Barton. Just kind of monitoring, you know, where he's at health-wise. Looks like he's good to go. Price tag, 6,200. Not one that I'm in love with. Uh, that just feels fair. But he hovers right around the 30-minute mark, and he's a guy that we've seen just pile up rebounds here and there, pile up steals. He can get it done in multiple different ways. He's a guy that took some time off, so he's still getting a little bit more acclimated as well. And I think after a few games, we start to see Barton kick it up a little bit. But um, not a guy I normally target. I think on in this slate and on this matchup, uh, I definitely could see myself having a share too. Can I ask you a Micah Pottria question? Absolutely. Will Barton at 6,200 or Michael Porter Jr. at 6,500? I would take, um, in this matchup right now, I would take Will Barton. Okay. And uh, I think a lot of that would play into ownership as well. I, just Michael Porter Jr. is one of those guys that he's uh, you know, a young name that is going to be a major talent in the league that a lot of people know. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of also forgot about Will Barton. So uh, I yeah, think he'll cool. probably be maybe about half the ownership. Could be half the ownership. Um, 
nice call. It's a good pivot play, and I did have Barton written down here, and I was tossing between them. But I'd look just against this this Rockets, you know, lineup that really only have two or three decent players on there. I've just got a feeling Porter could get double digit rebounds here, um, and you've kind of suggested Barton will get rebounds too. I just I think there's some serious upside tonight in Michael Porter Jr., so I'll probably be playing him first. All right, listen. I'm uh, again one of those things I'll never argue with. Um, you know, Michael Porter Jr. has a uh, tremendous upside. Uh, it's always there. It's always presented. That's why everybody knows this kid's gonna be one of the most talented scorers in the league in years to come. So, uh, I will not deny that man. And he's also one of my favorite players. One of my favorite young players to watch. But we have one game left. Let's uh, let's, let's wrap this thing up. Let's let's uh, let's take it to the home stretch, man. We have the Portland Trailblazers going against uh, the L.A. Lakers. Uh, no game total has been re- yet released, uh, but they did come out with a spread. Oddly enough, it's likely to change, uh, so it's probably not even worth reading. But I'll do it for the giggles. Four and a half right now for the Lakers. Uh, as far as injuries are concerned for Portland, looks like uh, we're going to be seeing no mellow uh, in this game. Uh, he did not travel with the Blazers due to the health and safety protocols. Uh, also, Zach Collins still out. We know that as well. Nasir Little is out as well. Uh, and then on the Portland side, or I mean, I'm sorry, on the LA side of things, Anthony Davis sat out that last game. Um, we'll have to that, you know, odds are he sat out that game. So, he, you know, the one that we're talking about today, uh, so he could play tomorrow. So we'll keep your eyes on that. If Anthony Davis sits, um, we should have a good inclination of what to do, but we'll talk about that anyway. But let me pass it over to you for Portland. Uh, Dame Lillard, 10-3. That feels a little too priced up for me. Um, I do love when he comes back to, uh, to play in California. It's always a good thing. But uh, I, don't think I, I don't think I'll see myself paying that 10-3 uh, price tag, especially after we just talked about a few other guys. Yeah, it's a steep price tag. It's Damian Lillard, so anything could happen. And and this is going to be a marquee matchup in his mind, um, which which does bring that kind of Dame time mentality into it a little bit. Coming off 48 DK points, that's great, but that doesn't match the two, the 10-3 salary. The thing we, we are looking at here, though, is Lakers guards, and, and you've always, you know, been a, a stalwart, stalwart on playing, you know, point guards against Lakers defense. So, look, it, it's not such a... Bad play, anything could happen. Um, Yusuf Nurkic and, and and Robert Covington are probably going to be well covered by the Lakers, especially if Anthony Davis has played. So there, there may be a lot more shots here um, for Lillard. Um, and, yeah, I'm having a little look at CJ McCollum at 8,100. He's the cheaper salary out of the two by a substantial margin. But, I mean, honestly, the Lakers have been holding shooting guards in check uh, to start the, the 21 fantasy season. So he's probably not a huge target for me. Uh, you have no interest in, in either of these guys, or are you looking at CJ at the cheaper price, Mike? Nah, I don't think I'll play either one of them, just because it's yep. you know, different uh, eligibility, but guard position, John Morant, only $200 more. I would take John mm-hmm. Morant uh, 10 out of 10 times over McCollum. So. Uh, I don't think I'll have either one of these guys. If I'm playing anybody, it might be a guy like Robert Cummington. Uh, he's just been struggling mightily, uh, trying to get his get acclimated with this team. No Carmelo Anthony. They're going to need him for a few extra minutes at the four, especially knowing if Davis plays. Um, so he's a guy that he, he can just get it done in multiple ways, whether it's rebounds, the defensive stuff, block steals. Not going to get you a lot in the scoring department, but 5200 I think is a great price tag. It actually makes for a good pivot if you're looking to get off of Baisley. Uh, so he's another guy that I ended up playing. If I ended up uh, you know constructing my lineups, I didn't get Baisley. still wanted to keep that same lineup intact. Uh, I'm able to slide Covington right in there. Um, I don't mind looking at him. And then uh, without, you know, a guy like uh, Carmelo Anthony, Derek Jones Jr., 4K, Gary Trent Jr. at 4,100, both these guys will probably also see a couple extra minutes as well. If I preferred one over the other, 
probably be Derek Jones Jr. because I know the minutes are going to be there. He's obviously not the better point per minute, per minute producer, so maybe the better cash game play, while Gary uh, Gary Trent Jr. probably makes more sense for tournaments, but uh, the minutes are risky. 26 in the opener and then 6 in that last one, so they, it really could be anything. Uh, yeah, that, but I, that six minutes burnt me pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're uh, you're not alone. I mean, Gary Trent Jr., he's the guy that just stepped up in that bubble and kind of showed uh, what his upside is, and now... I think people were just kind of you know licking their chops waiting for uh, DFS to start up when he when he was coming around. I certainly was, and uh, I even spruiked him on our Discord server yesterday morning, uh, my time. And yeah, six minutes. Please don't do that again. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind Roko fifty two hundred. Uh, I like him a whole lot more if Davis doesn't suit up. That's for sure. Um, but uh, he's not a bad play, as you said. He's going to get minutes. Um, Actually, if Davis plays, then Rocco gets more minutes. So, look, it's it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. If Davis sits, he's only going to face probably, what, Kyle Kuzma? He can score at will then. Uh, if Davis does suit up at 50, uh, then Rocco at 5,200 is going to have to play defense out there for heavy minutes. So, yeah, uh, I don't I'll, I don't want anything to do with the uh, minute split. It's a really surprising minute split of Yusuf Nurkic and Anis Kanna at, at the center position. I did not see this coming. Um, I targeted Nurkic pretty hard in some of my fantasy drafts and i'm paying the price right now mike did you see that coming um and i think it just might be the long play of things when it comes down to it and you know i think towards the end of the season we'll probably get a nice plethora of the nurk um, i hope so so I, I if i'm you i'm not too concerned i know we're in a uh, a fantasy league together and we, we actually own nurk in that one so i do let's, i'm I'll, I'll field some offers buddy let's uh let's get it, <laughs> let's, let's get it done but uh, buy, let's, buy low opportunity, you reckon? Uh, for and that you know, listen, um, there absolutely is uh, always a buy low opportunity for everybody in every situation. And what it starts with is you know whether or not you believe in what the other person believes in. That's what it starts as. Uh, so yes, this is absolutely a buy low opportunity. And I bring <laughs> it up just because I see that you are souring a little bit on Nurkic. Uh, oh. And he's one of my guys. So I'll field your offers, man. I'll field your offers. Oh, you're getting one. You're, you're going to get one by, <laughs> maybe by the end of the maybe by the end of this show. You might get one in your in your inbox. But all right. Uh, anything else on Portland? Are you ready to slide over no, to the Lakers? No, no, slide over. All right, let's do it, buddy. <clears throat> so uh, we got obviously a big uh, elephant in the room, Anthony Davis. We're getting a good look of what they're looking uh looking like right now. It's uh, about almost the uh, almost halftime. Uh, Lakers are up sixty three to forty one. Uh, the starting rotation was uh, Schroeder, Caldwell Pope, Gasol, Kuzma, LeBron, which was expected. So it's pretty much going to be the same thing if he sits tomorrow. If he plays, I think we know what to anticipate as well. But um, if he sits, I'm looking at you know Schroeder. I'm looking at Harrell. I'm looking at Kuzma. Those three guys probably won't play LeBron. I'll just play those three guys because I'll get a heap of value out of all three of them. Uh, maybe not so much Harrell out. They bumped him up to 7,500, 6,100 today. Uh, do not appreciate that, DK. No. Uh, but there's still some value in Kuzma at 61 if he's going to keep drawing starts. Um, you know, I'm not worried about it going against Portland. Covington's nasty. Don't get me wrong on defense, but uh, Kuzma, he's, he looks like he's a little bit more confident this year uh, and a guy that kind of bet on himself, so I'm, I'm willing to take a stab there. And that's that's probably it. I'm not going to get too cute here. No, I'm only really looking at um, Dennis Schroeder at 6,100. Um Pretty good addition to the Lakers' backcourt. That's just, uh, that's for sure. He's put up 43 DK points for us uh, and 28 in pretty limited uh, minutes. He was in the mid-20s uh, in the last one. He, he's definitely given him a nice boost. And uh, I tell you what, it's nice to have someone in the Lakers' uh, guards positions where we're not completely worried about the washing machine minutes um, 
turnaround that there has been. He's, he's a stronger backcourt target um, than the Lakers had last season, that's for sure. So I don't mind him at 6,100. Uh, I'm probably going to fade Kyle Kuzma, uh, even if Davis can't suit up. I, I'm just a bit worried about that 6,100 price tag for him having a face. Well, if he plays the three, he faces Derek Jones Jr. If he plays the four, he gets Rocco. So I'm just going to pass Mike and, and you can play Kuzma there. Hey, and, uh, you know, he'll probably be pretty chalky. So we'll have to see how construction comes down. We did just mention a few other power forwards and forwards that were around that 52, 5300 range, including Covington himself. Uh, so I got to see how the construction comes, but that definitely a guy that I'm still going to keep in my player pool. Uh, cool. just, you know, uh, he's a guy that, you know, when he's hot, he's hot, and it's annoying when you don't have him on those nights. So I have to have some ownership if I know he's going to start. <laughs> uh, will I be overweight or underweight on it? That I don't know yet. I just know I have to have uh, at least a share, uh, at least a share or two. But uh, I think that's it, man. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to touch on. Uh, not really. I think you already called it. That that price hike for Montrez is, is too much, and he's got to face this Nurkic-Kanner combo as well. So uh, apart from that, look, yeah, if Davis doesn't play, LeBron's a play. 10,000, no, I think I think there's better value on the board. Um, he, he's only played 21 and 38 minutes in the last few. I'm not sure what his minutes are up to at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I think I'll just uh, largely pass on this Lakers squad, except for maybe some Dennis Schroeder. That is all I have on that, man. All right, my good friend. Let's, uh, let's wrap things up. As always, guys, uh, whether you're a new listener or you have been listening to us for a while, thank you for listening. We really do appreciate everything that you guys do for us over here at HoopBall. Uh, we love what we do, and we wouldn't be doing it without you guys. So um, if you can always give us a nice little thumbs up, a little rate, review, a comment, any of that good stuff. It uh, means a lot to us. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all over the place. Um, you know, five-star review. Let us know what we're doing right. We'll keep it going. And if you want to see some extra stuff, just let us know. We'll try to work it in there. And then if you can follow us on Twitter, you can find me at Mike Apatra, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find my main man, Brenton, at Terrain72. That's T-A-R-R-A-I-N-7-2. Oh, 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 T-E-R-R-A-I-N-7-2. Okay, we got to play that back because I'm like 90% certain that's what I said. No, no, no. I'm I'm doing the producing on this one. You said T A. I, I got you. You said T A. Oh, I said I said T A. You sure it wasn't it like my, t- my 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 United States Upper New England <laughs> accent? Now you got okay. me thinking, man. I'm well, I'm cutting. Now we're, we're going to give you like seven shout outs on it because that's what you deserve, <laughs> man. Because you absolutely destroy it and you crush everything that you got going on over here at Hoopball. So make sure you give them a follow. It's T E R R A I N seven two, not T A R R. That's a different guy. He doesn't deserve your follow. Give it to the guy that's T-E. Uh, Mike, uh, if you did say T-E the first time, all of this gets cut because I'm producing this episode. No. Oh, <laughs> damn. You know what, though? There's one thing that you don't you forget. I still get a copy of the, re- the original recording. Uh, oh, so that will be do, forever with me. Yes, yes, you, you are wrong right there. So you, we thought you had me. You did not. Uh, but before we just keep going off the rails, guys, uh, we'll wrap it up. We'll let you guys get on with your days. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, from everybody over here at Hoopball, from me and Brenton uh, and our whole team, uh, let's go out there. Let's crush some GPPs. Hope everybody had a happy holiday, and let's enter the new year uh, the right way, guys. So take care, uh, and we are out. See you guys. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.